0: Welcome back to the Talk and Chop podcast, brought to you by the folks over at Chief of Staff KC. This week, we're joined by one of Let It Fly Media's newest additions and mm-hmm. someone you're probably all pretty familiar with, BJ Kissel. <laughs> BJ, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. It's been a good week so far. Anytime
1: the Chiefs win, it just seems like everything else just goes goes smoothly. Okay. Yes, sir. Woo. Very much.
0: Uh, so nobody circles the wagons like Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clyde the Glide stampeded over the Bills on his way to 161 yards, Woo. third most all time for Chiefs rookie running back. Um, on their way to a 26-17 to 17 victory on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into our takes on uh, the big win in primetime, plus a segment dedicated to our brand-new toy for Andy Reid's new offense, Le'Veon Belt, uh, as well as our Week 7 preview. Uh, but first, we're bringing you our Positions of the Week, brought to you by Chief of Staff KC, uh, your local trusted talent mm-hmm. scouts. We're a recruiting firm based in Brookside, and we'll bring you the best admin, HR, accounting, in finance, <laughs> marketing, uh, operations, and sales. Man, that is a mouthful. We do a little bit of everything. Right? Uh, Lucas, what do you got for us this week, though?
2: All right. So what I love about accounting and finance and what we do in general is we get to work with so many cool companies that kind of fly right underneath the radar. You know, these, these $150, $200 million companies that are not the biggest ones in the area. Um, this is an exciting one. Senior financial analyst, part of an FP&A group, a lot of exposure to high-level exec and and upper management, Um, a lot of growth with this company as they've just recently acquired another company and they're continuing pursuing more acquisitions. So merger and acquisition experience would be a plus. Uh, Budgeting, forecasting, all of that, the analytics side of things, experience with numerous ERP systems would be a plus. And if you have the public accounting background and then went more corporate Um, And so you're out of that accounting or audit side, then that's really, truly what they're looking for. So um, the company itself is is very exciting, but it gives off this Silicon Valley type of tech feel, which you don't see a lot in the Kansas City area. So if you want to hear a little bit more about it, see if your background lines up, please give me a shout. We're really excited to get some people in the mix.
0: Uh, Yeah, and on the operations side, uh, we got a construction property, or excuse me, project manager. We Mm -hmm. have two of those available. Um, Really just looking for about five to ten years of experience. Got to have experience with uh, big big box or industrial like warehouse um, projects. And you got to have proven track record of those projects and being able to kind of interact with their customers. It's pretty complex stuff. So uh, if you have that experience, let us know. We're hiring for two of those here over the next couple months. So um, with that, those are our Positions of the Week, brought to you by Chief of Staff KC. Hi, BJ.
2: Congratulations. You know, your new Thank position you. here is Director of, of Athletics at LetoFly Media. Uh, you know, you've already started on a few projects, which mm-hmm. we got the inside scoop on, which is pretty <laughs> exciting. And you guys will hear more about those later. But you also have Outside the Trenches which, with Nick Lecky. Is that mm-hmm. correct? And yeah. so I wouldn't call you guys a competitor of ours. There's uh, there's enough Chiefs content to go around. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, everybody's just like a big conversation. Yeah, like, there's no yeah. not trying to
1: be the only one thing. Like it's just a big conversation. You just want to kind of have your little niche of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't checked it out yet, highly recommend Definitely. it. They do a phenomenal job. Sponsors. Thank ja- you. Jack Stack. Yes. BBQ. Jack Stack Barbecue. Okay. Good stuff. Well, you know, with this being a business-focused podcast, first, I really want to talk about your transition from the Chiefs to let it fly media, because I can only imagine that that was not an easy decision. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind giving us some insight on that transition.
1: Yeah, it's a loaded question. And mm-hmm. it's one that uh, it didn't come easy, sure. uh, because of how much I just love that position. And I feel like anyone that's followed me or that's known me or talked to me over the last six years, they knew I held that position in high regard, not just because of what it meant that I got to go every day uh, to the office and tell stories about the team I grew up rooting for. And mm-hmm. I've said that a billion times. <laughs> but also because, you know, I got to represent Chiefs fans and the people that, you know, were blogging and doing the things that I was doing, just like everybody else. I was sitting up in the stands in 2013 with season tickets. And I'm proud that I never lost that kind of feeling of, it's an honor to have this position because Mm -hmm. of what it represents. Um, So that being said, the decision to leave um, was not an easy one, but the only thing that, you know, I kept going back to was quality of life for me and my family. Sure, um, I've, got yeah. five-year-old, I've got a five year old, I've got a three year old, and for anyone that hasn't covered a team or like been a beat writer in sports in that way, you're never out of it, like you're right. always plugged in, and even on the team side, where sometimes you get a heads up about stuff, yeah. um, you're still blindsided, you know, on a weekend, you know, something happens, and I've got. And anyone who covers sports, you have dozens of stories of my family was doing this and I had to get off the boat or I had to get (laughs) off the water or whatever it was. And after they won the Super Bowl, knowing that my kids were at an age where they knew I was leaving town and it had started to wear on me a little bit. And I felt like the job had changed, not in a bad way. It's just what I was doing um, the last, you know, year, year and a half of the Chiefs was different than mm-hmm. when I first started. Uh, it was a lot more videos, less writing. It was less storytelling for the stuff that I was doing. And uh, you start looking around at the way the industry change, is changing, the the opportunity to let it fly. Um, you guys know because you work with them and you know mm-hmm. those guys, uh, what they're building and what they're doing. It, it catches your eye. And anyone who Definitely. can't see you covers it, it. It's just like, what are they doing over there? And then you have a couple conversations and you see Billy Quach and what he's doing. I work yeah. with him <laughs> and Andy and... Uh, you know, these guys, and I knew Andrew Carter, you know, before he even started Let It Fly. Sure. You know, we had wow. a relationship back then. So I remember talking to him his last day at KCTV5 mm-hmm. about him starting Let It Fly and the, the drone company for golf courses. And yeah. uh, we had a great conversation. I'll never forget sitting up at uh, St. Joe, and I'll never forget it now that we're, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> right. But um, it was a tough decision. I, I love the people that I work with there. Yeah. Um, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, I, there was really nowhere. You know for me to go from a professional standpoint if we're talking mm-hmm. business and we're talking in that way mm-hmm. um, you know there was really nowhere to go I, I didn't want to oversee stuff because I wanted mm-hmm. to tell stories mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily like I wasn't going down like Mitch Holtis's route like I wasn't the next you know radio play-by-play guy sure. so for me as I was not really going anywhere here but more than that it was the timing it was being able to spend time you know quality time with my
2: kids that's great oh, thank you I appreciate it
0: yeah so I'm now that you're the uh, director of athletics with let it fly media now that you're officially started and uh, got a couple weeks under you, almost months (laughs) now. What are some of the, I guess, can you kind of walk us through what your main responsibilities are as a director of athletics and what you're kind of working on?
1: Yeah, it's going to change. You know, what I Mm. tell you right now, what I'm doing is going to be different than six months or even a year from now, because at this point, I'm still, you know, catching up to the people that reached out when they heard about the transition that are in this space in some Mm -hmm. way, shape, or form in sports and content and media. They're reaching out saying, hey, what are you doing? And so many of those conversations led to, Hey, I know a couple of people, this might make sense or something. And two of those may never lead to anything. And then others spider off. And next thing you know, sure. you're crazy busy and you haven't really cold call. You haven't done anything, but follow up with people that, uh, that reached out to you when you made the decision. So I'm still going through that process. I had a couple ideas that I brought to the table that, um, we've got out there that have been sure. successful. Um, but the, the coolest stuff that we have coming, um, people will know it when it comes out. It's yeah. going to be very, it's not going to be a surprise and everyone's going to see it. We've got some really, really cool stuff, even though the last 48 hours
0: that's come to fruition yeah. with, uh, is going to be good. You got any projects you can share with us? Come yeah, on. the
1: one one project that is official now that we can share um, that I haven't yet talked about, so you guys are breaking this. Thing. You right. heard it here uh, first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be telling the story and doing a, a documentary on Brown's running back, Dearness Johnson. Awesome. Um, some fantasy football people in some deeper leagues might know who he yep, is right now definitely. because, oh, yeah. you know, Nick Chubb gets hurt. So he kind of moves up. And the funny thing was we were already doing the story and we have a great relationship with his agent, uh, at his agency. And we were, uh, I was watching the game and I saw that Nick Chubb had gotten hurt mm-hmm. and you know, the is going through and I'm with my son's five years old. We're sitting there and then I look up and uh, the next game, the next week, you know, DeArne's just going off. I think he had, like, 90 yards and, like, 18 carries. The whole time I'm texting his agent, <laughs> like, oh, my God, like, this is awesome. And afterwards, was like, we got to do – like, the timing, everything we were going to do was still on board. But at that time, it was like, oh, we got to do this now. Like, yeah. holy cow, we're going to – you know, people are, are paying attention. And I joke that, you know, people are going to think, you know, he has one good game and he gets his documentary made. Yeah. Like, we we're already doing that. He's got a great story. But yes. um, excited to do that. So going out, um, spending a few – few days with him and then going down to Florida mm-hmm. and spending time with with his family and the people that uh, helped him get to where he is. Excited. We we're going to interview Willie Taggart, uh, who's an nice. old South Florida coach. He was at Florida State, where a lot of people know him. Mm-hmm. He's at Florida Atlantic now in Boca Raton. Uh, I was texting with him actually over the weekend to set up that interview. So um, a couple others that aren't official yet, but uh, football fans will know who these guys are, and nice. uh, it should be a lot of fun. Okay.
2: Awesome. Great. Well, we have a week six recap coming up. But before we get into that, we have you on the show. We got to run some cliche quick hitter questions by us. It wouldn't be the Chiefs show without it. So favorite Chiefs player to interview and interact with of all time?
1: Ooh, of all time. All right. It's going to be like loaded answers, but it's a quick hitter thing. Sure. So like, the first time I was starstruck by a player was Christian Okoye. Okay. Really? Randomly, have no idea why. And maybe it was because <laughs> he was the guy when I was growing up. So, like, the current players, sure. I never have that wow because they're younger than me. It just right. feels weird right. to, like,
2: right.
1: aga over these guys. So, Christian Okoye was the one I saw him on the sideline. I was just like, oh, my
2: God. The physicality, right? Yeah. Oh it's just it's
1: like, that's the Nigerian nightmare. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. Oh, my God. The yes. color, like, everything. Um, so, that – and my probably favorite to interview – oh, my God. These guys are going to get mad at me um
2: good interactions any you know funny moments come from anyone
1: oh there's a million funny moments um All my favorite time. interviews like Derek Johnson was always great Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. want to talk about current guys around in there but Derek Johnson was always a good dude yeah and for a guy who plays inside linebacker <laughs> oh. uh, these guys aren't always supposed to be like super nice and now that right. I say that out loud like <laughs> he's super nice like Reggie Ragland was really really nice yeah. Anthony Hitchens is super nice okay It's not a position. Like, maybe they just take it out all in the field and they can be nice (laughs) everywhere else. But uh, DJ was really great. And then Christian Okoye was that one, like, oh my God. That's Christian Okoye moment.
2: Okay. What about favorite Chiefs coach other than Andy Reid? And we're talking assistants over the years.
1: Oh, you guys are getting me in (laughs) trouble. I'd say my. I'll give you a rundown. Same thing, different answers. Sure. So the most helpful to me was Doug Peterson Mm. actually, and it's all offensive coordinators. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson was the guy that whenever he do a presser, the coordinators always speak on Thursdays, and back then there was. COVID like guys are Mm -hmm. in person Mm -hmm. and Doug would always take time after his Thursday presser to like answer my questions. And it got to the point where Mm -hmm. when I was doing like this super nerdy football stuff, like the breakdowns, I'd have like six or seven plays ready for him. And I'm like, what happened here? And he, I would just show him and he would explain it to me. It was all off the record. So it wasn't like I was recording it or I just wanted to know so I could like educate myself to ask the Mm -hmm. right questions. And then the one thing I learned, and this is credit to Doug Peterson and and Nagy and all the guys have been the the enemies the same way is that, at that level, I think a lot of people think that you have to show these players and coaches that you know so much about football, that you're one mm-hmm. of those guys who understands it. Mm-hmm. And they actually don't respond to that as well. Not that they respond poorly, sure. but they actually respond better to, even if it's a simple question and you just, hey, I don't know. Can you explain this to me? Yeah. That humility, it's like, I don't, I know what I don't know. I don't know the game sure. at your level. I'm not going to pretend to. And I don't, to, to be good at my job, I don't have to know exactly what you're doing. Right. I just have to, not pretend that I know right. mm-hmm. <laughs> in that way. So the players were always really good at that. Doug was really good at that. Uh, Matt Nagy I, was one of the ones that I had a better relationship with because maybe the best thing I've ever written in my life uh, was the long form article I wrote on Matt Nagy. And um, so I had a great relationship with him and his family. And then Eric Biennium was maybe the most fun to right. talk to oh, um, awesome. because he's always passionate. He's always saying the same thing. And then I'll throw Spags in there too, because he'd answer the qu- if he gives you you ask him a question, he'll answer it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to take anything away from those <laughs> other guys, <but laughs> put a camera in their face. Sometimes you just hear cliches, but. Um, but yeah, okay. those it's, guys are all great.
0: It's funny how you mentioned that, um, kind of not having to know everything about someone when you're interviewing them. That yeah. translates so well to what we do too in sure. terms of helping people yeah. find jobs. Like, I don't know all this accounting, or you don't know all the accounting software exactly. that people use. I don't know how construction project managers go about their day-to-day, but yeah. as long yeah. as you know enough about it, they'll have a conversation It works out in the end. So yeah. yeah.
2: And then lastly, this is, I think I know your answer. No. So maybe you want to provide a second one, but favorite memory with the Chiefs.
1: You think it'd be the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what um, I was alluding to, correct? And honestly, like the Super Bowl was a lot of fun. There's so many people, and it's so there's so many rules about where you can go and where you can't go. And mm-hmm. it was such a long week mm-hmm. that I don't want to take anything away from the game and how special that was. And I'm glad I took a ton of pictures. Yeah. So I, I go back through my phone and I think I took a selfie with everyone in the locker room. I've never <laughs> fanboyed out and been like, Oh, I'll take a picture. Yeah. With Christian McCoy, I've never that guy like, Hey, can you yeah, take a picture sure. with me? I don't do autograph. I never did that. And for whatever reason in the locker room after the game, I was like, Rick Burkholder, like let's take a photo. <laughs> yeah. Ted Cruz, let's take a photo. Like I have photos with all the execs. I have like, um, Tammy Reed, like coach's wife, like taking a picture in the locker room. Um, so, the that was fun, but honestly, the parade sure. coming back to Kansas City um, is what kind of made it real. And then it, you mm. saw the impact on the community. And I talked oh, to a yeah. handful of players during the parade um, when we were running around doing interviews. That that was where it hit them too. Because one thing to win. Sure down in Miami, and you celebrate with the team, but you Mm -hmm. knew it was bigger than that game. Like, you knew it was this huge thing. You knew 100 million people or whatever watched it on TV, but you don't feel it. Sure. You just know it's big. It's got the chills. Yeah, and you just know cameras are everywhere. (laughs) But when we landed in Kansas City, and even before the parade... When we came back, there were cars that were parked on the overpasses. And I think I tweeted it out uh, after not that party was that's like six o'clock in the morning. Everybody's exhausted. (laughs) But you get back and you land. And that was the first time you got to experience it with Chiefs fans who didn't necessarily have the means or the ability to go down to Miami and celebrate because how expensive that was to come back with everyone else and people that had probably waited for like an hour on that overpass Mm -hmm. just for 10 seconds to wait. Like there was no stopping. So they literally sat there just to wave at the bus and they had signs that were taped up and everything just for that 15 seconds. That's when it was like, everything just changed for the city. And that was when it
0: felt like this is freaking awesome.
2: Uh, I love that insight. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank
0: you. And typically we ask a couple other quick hitter questions, but since we've already gone through the Chiefs ones, we'll just dive into, into week six since we've already been chopping it up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, obviously Chiefs come off a, a big primetime game against the Bills. Uh, it's a tradition on this podcast, uh, tribute to Andy Reid, that we give our guests the first take on the show. So okay. with that time's
1: yours. Oh man, I was not prepared. Uh, actually just for the easy ones, the offensive line, I mean, for them to come out and run the football the way they did and to take it one step further and not that I haven't talked to any of the guys or know this, but to run the ball what 46 times, like that was the focus coming in. And every time you think that, you know, the chiefs aren't going to jump up and surprise you and Andy Reid's not going to surprise you at a time that Everybody's complaining about the interior offensive line. And yep. I say everyone is in, like, fans. And Correct. That's right. yeah. um, the one thing about removing yourself from being on the end is you see the outside views more. Right. And it's just like, oh, my God, people calm down. It's one loss uh, a couple weeks ago. But, no, the, the offensive line, to do what they did, and for Andy Reid to come out after getting Le'Veon Bell and questions about the interior offensive line – going up against Josh Allen for him to say, you know what? We're going to run the damn ball yeah, and we're yeah. going to run it right down your throat. And there's nothing you can do about it. It set the tone for the guys up front. So you knew that was the mindset. And that was the plan all week going in was these guys think you can't do this. I so think you can't do that. And mm-hmm. use that as motivation. It's a very Andy Reid like thing oh, to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and now for defensive coordinators that are just sitting there like, now what do we do? What do you do on third and three and 11 personnel when Le'Veon Bell splits out and the linebackers Mm -hmm. one-on-one? Like, I cannot wait. I don't care about how many snaps they get. I don't care about fantasy football. I don't care about
0: any of it. It's like third and three with Le'Veon and 11. I just – I cannot wait. I'll lose it. One person uh, that I I really enjoyed watching last night, and they even made a comment about it too. I think it might have been Joe Buck or Troy Aikman, but – uh, Nick Allegretti, you know, yeah. he was mm-hmm. a seventh-round mm-hmm. pick. You know, you knew he was going to be a project uh, coming into that. But for him to jump in there for Remmers when Remmers moved over to take yeah. over for Schwartz, what a performance. Yeah. What a performance. He was just moving people all day.
2: And the, the line, we were pushing people three, four, five mm, yards yeah. back. Like, it was absurd. Yeah, and, and, of course, you know, the Bills defensive line, you expect them to come out swing and They looked Rough. They looked bad. There was pancake blocks being had. Like Reader, I think, I wanted towards on the last drive there.
1: You just don't see it a whole lot. And I've had this conversation with Nick lucky because he played like my yeah. podcast co-host. Is he played in the league? He played offensive line. Right. He was a center. Mm-hmm. And so I've asked him like, is just the Chiefs' inability. It just seems like over the years to drive guys backwards. Um, You don't see it, and it's always been a thing. Like red zone running, It's Mm -hmm. with Andy Reid, it's been a thing. And the question was, is it just because he gets offensive linemen that can necessarily get out in space and run on those angle routes and those? Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like a screen until you notice that the center is 15 yards down the (laughs) field. The skill set to bring in linemen who can run and be athletic like that, to find a guy who can also maul a guy, those are two entirely different skill sets. If you can do (laughs) both those things, Mm -hmm. you're Quentin Nelson and you're one of the best in the league, and you can't have five all pros up there. So if they're siding on – the athletic side maybe they're going to give up a little bit on that the power sure and so when they bring in daniel kilgore a veteran i didn't know yeah. his skill set i didn't know what he could do but just to road grade people that way is was like yeah. this is the power of football this yes. is what i like to see and i heard and saw you know mcdermott saying you got to pick your poison with the chiefs and we're right. willing to get gashed in the run game yep. um if it means that the game will you know stay lower scoring and it means Mahomes isn't chucking Well, yeah, around? Mahomes
0: even talked about that, too. He's like, this yep. reminds me of Texas Tech, you know, when mm-hmm. everyone would just go zone D and they would just, you know, get six or seven yards of carry. I mean, Clyde averaged uh, 6.2 yards per carry on mm-hmm. 26 touches yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Reid's running the ball the most he's ever run with the Chiefs, most he's ever run mm-hmm. with any of his teams. Yep. Um, and then 55% of snaps is the most uh, Mahomes has uh, had under center, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how much weather played into a factor with that or if that was just a game plan, but, damn, did it pay off. I think he's just given looks that they hadn't scouted. and He's yeah. just like, you know what?
1: As far as the passing game goes, this is not going to be a tendency game for anyone to chart in the passing game. This is just, we're going to try something different, and I am here for it.
2: Another take that I love, <clears throat> defense bounce back, right? 84 yeah. yards rushing allowed for the defense. Digs limited to only 46 yards. I mean, do you have a take specifically that you want to speak on regarding the defense?
1: I think it was huge for them to step up and play the way that they did. I think that it was great to see the defensive backs pass off in a couple of scenarios. I think Mm -hmm. he tweeted out on one of those Mm -hmm. deep passes um, that fell off the hands of Diggs back in the end zone. Three different Chiefs defensive backs had covered Diggs at different points on that play, and he was passed off smoothly from one to the next. It looked exactly like it's supposed to look, and that is not easy to do, and that is a very – above average football type play that you might not casual fit. And I'm as a casual as if I'm some kind of football, expert, but just people who don't see the game or right. pay attention to how difficult that is. Um, that's the opposite of what we saw against yeah. Oakland or Las Vegas yes. yeah. the week before was their right. inability to pass guys off right. or yeah. to, to hop dig routes on third and 18 at 10 yard, like that kind of stuff. You just didn't see that. Sure. We
2: so. joked about eliminating big plays last week yep. yeah. and we did it. And then to cap it all off with dirty Dan, one-handed pick at the end of the game. It was just icing on the cake. it's
0: Perfect. Uh, So we did end up losing Mitchell Schwartz as well as Alex Okafor in the game, but we are bringing on a new addition next week. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of wanted just to, rather than do our fantasy segment this time, Mm -hmm. uh, since we have you in studio, Mm -hmm. that's clearly got a lot of Chiefs knowledge. Just kind of talk about uh, your opinion on Le'Veon Bell and how he's going to you know, change this offense and uh, contribute to hopefully another Super Bowl.
1: I, was, I am here for it. I am not going to predict or say like I was predicting that it was happening, but as soon as he got cut, I would have put my life savings on yeah. him coming to the Chiefs. I so, yeah. I knew what Coach Reed thought of him because they had cross paths at the Pro Bowls yep. uh, and stuff like that. And so a lot of the, the chatter... To, to respond to Chiefs fans about Le'Veon and his con- the, the issues he's had in the past, and all. it's always contract related. Oh, of like course, like it's always money yep. related, right. and yep. now Great he's point. in a scenario where money has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with it here. He's going to play here for a little bit. He's going to try to maximize his value and get yep. a multi-year deal after this. Yep. We are getting the best version of mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell so at 28 scary. years old. Yeah, and everyone's hungry. like, we did this yeah. at the Jets. Like, I don't care how many snaps he gets, even if he's a third down back. And I love Darrell Williams. I was a Darrell Williams fan yep. the day that he showed up at rookie mm-hmm. minicamp. I wrote the feature. Yep. I have receipts on that. But for Le'Veon Bell, like I said earlier, on third and three, if you're an 11 personnel – and you split him out wide and you're nodding like, you know, what do you do with li- so the right. linebackers on somebody? Yep. And if nothing else, there's going to be a couple of third and three, third and fives mm-hmm. where he steps in and picks up the first down. I don't care if he has 100 yards a game. I don't care if he has 12 yards a game. The bottom line is the Chiefs got so much stronger in that room. And if there was somebody else, and we talked about the interior offensive line, which seems bad to talk about now, sure, a lot of fans saying, you know, why sign him? You need to go after a center. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Kilgore's like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> right. I think I'll do just fine. Yeah. But I'm excited for Le'Veon Bell because we're getting a motivated player. Money's not an issue. You've got leadership in that locker room. I know publicly everyone knew that Chris Jones and him were friends and they were close. Mm-hmm. These guys spend so much time together and they cross paths so much during the offseason that it's not like if Le'Veon was some sort of, you know, prima donna punk guy that our players wouldn't know that. And that Coach Reed wouldn't know that already uh, from working with him at the Pro Bowl. And they go to the Pro Bowl, it's the same language as our play calls. Mm. And so that's the other part of it. It's not like he hasn't heard this verbiage before, sure. uh, even though I think it's obviously dumbed down for the Pro Bowl. But, um, yeah, there's a lot to like.
0: Yeah, so I guess follow up question, and then we'll jump into uh, to week seven coming up here. So Eric Biondi, there was uh, he kind of basically told Clyde, he's like, listen, you know, control what you can control. You know, get in here, continue to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he showed out and showed us what he can do last night um, with 161 yards. But you know, how how do you think this you know affects him moving forward? Do you think uh, it's a positive for him and it continues to push him, like it obviously showed last night? Um, do you think he gets any carries taken away from him? How do how do you think the running back room looks? Important? I don't know as
1: far as carries. I think it's all going to depend on matchups. We could overanalyze it, you know, after the Broncos game or the mm-hmm. Jets game, whichever one he plays first, and mm-hmm. then say, "Well, this is definitively why this happened." Yeah. And then the next week, it's opposite, and they're like, "Well, they made adjustments." Like, no, they're just playing the matchups, and right. just every week <laughs> is going to be different. So it's not overanalyze it in that way, but um, yeah, I think for Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I think it's huge. I think you know, on paper, people that it's going to sound bad, but I don't mean it that way. Like people haven't been in that locker room. Mm-hmm. They don't know like the amount of things. It's not just what hold you run in. I mean, as a young player in the league, it's like, how do you take care of your body after a game? Yeah. What do you do things as a running back? Sure. How do you use yoga or the sauna or ice or heat? Or what do you do? And as much as you have athletic, you know, athletic trainers and Rick Burkholder and her staff, mm-hmm. those people are phenomenal. But you're in that room with another veteran player who's mm-hmm. been around the block. So how, what do you do during the off season? How do you train this? How do you do that? Those are the little things that even if Le'Veon Bell isn't directly telling him, I don't know Le'Veon in that way, sure. but like even if he's not telling him, he's going to watch him and see, yeah. yep. you know, we make a lot of big deal about Alex Smith and what he did for Patrick Mahomes. And I mm-hmm. saw it. I saw it from the day that he first got there, that it's not phony. It's not fake. And there are times in which, Player will step up there and be like, yeah, I'm going to help the next guy. I'm going to sure. help the young player. And then I talk to the young player and it's like, hey, did he help you? He's like, no. Like, he thinks <laughs> I tried to take his job. I was like, oh, well, he told me. He's like, man, I know what I he said. Yeah, what yeah, do you think yeah. he's going to yeah. say? Uh, but with, like, Alex and Patrick, like, I saw it. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be the same thing with Le'Veon. Even if whatever happens with that dynamic and however Clyde is, mm-hmm. everyone I've talked to and everyone who talks about Clyde, this wouldn't be an issue. Clyde would be excited sure. to get him in that room yeah. and get another guy who can make plays and, and try to go win a Super Bowl. Because it's the one thing, Le'Veon doesn't have that.
2: Yeah. He yeah. didn't
1: win a Super Bowl with the Steelers. And so motivated Le'Veon with a chance at money after this. And yeah. the Chiefs will get a comp pick back. <laughs> like, come on.
2: I can't wait to see the grin on my face when they run out that dual running back package that, you know, Andy's already been chomping at the bit to, to build. But, you know, enough about Le'Veon. We could talk all day long. You know, I'm sure all three of us would never get out of here oh, if yeah. that were the case. So <laughs> we'll move on to the the Denver Broncos game. Nope. First take from yourself, BJ, with this upcoming game on the schedule. Yeah, I'm
1: going to eat my words a little bit because of the start that the Broncos have had. They were the team that I was most worried about in the division because...
0: I was, too. I I said the same thing.
1: If Drew Locke took a step forward in his development, he's been injured, so it's not fair to Drew to to put it all on him. Um, And obviously, Von Miller going down didn't help him. Him and Chubb, they're going to go through Chubb's rookie contract and not be able to have those two guys healthy at the same time, which Mm. sucks for them. It's Mm -hmm. roster composition. But... I think for for their offense, it's been disappointing because I thought Drew, Jerry Judy was a problem. I was yep. not thrilled to see him go to Denver. Um, I really believe with Noah Fant and that offense that if Drew Lock was healthy um, and took a step forward, that that was going to be the group that was going to be a problem. Obviously, injuries have been a huge thing for them on the offensive sure. line. Their right tackle opted out, so they've had some different issues. And if you can't protect him. You know he's gonna throw it. It's like Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He's used to throwing the football. He did it back yeah, in man. high school. I remember watching him in high school play against Blue Springs when they had freaking Elijah Lee and Dalvin Wormack and like nine D one players on that uh, field going at it. At least some am right? Yeah. yeah, they were both eleven and zero, and I think it was like forty nine nothing at halftime. The two Davis defensive <laughs> tackle <laughs> twins at Blue Springs just beat the ever loving out of Drew Locke, and we were doing the. Anyway, we were doing the bro- we were doing the game broadcast for Niles Media Group, the high school game of the week. And I was a sideline reporter, so I went from that to the Chiefs. Yeah. Like two months later, I was like I was doing Drew Locke's <laughs> game, and now it sounds a big deal because Drew Locke's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I thought Denver was going to be better. I'd still bet on those guys to lock in, especially this mm-hmm. still early in the season; they could still turn it around, especially sure. if they're in the NFC East. But I expected more, but they can still bite you and make plays because Jerry Judy's a stud.
0: I agree. I agree, and I I mean the Chiefs are now five and one after arguably the toughest stretch of their entire schedule. And Mm -hmm. coming up, we got I mean the Broncos, we got the Jets, Mm -hmm. we got uh, the Panthers coming up as well. And so we got we got a a lot of easier games to come, but we can't you know just sit on our laurels and expect to win these games. We got to come out firing. Lucas, what are your uh, keys of victory here?
2: Yeah, so just from the outside looking in, break the blitz, you know, Vic Fangio's been dialing it up against the Patriots and the Jets the last few weeks, just ripping quarterbacks apart. Oh. Cam Newton didn't even have that great of a game. I mean, they forced him to pass and, and it happened, so with that offensive line consistency and chemistry we just saw, keep it rolling. Break that blitz will be point number one. Um, number two, turn the lock and throw away the key. So take Drew Locke out of the game. They have a young nucleus on offense. You mentioned Noah Fant. They have Jerry Judy. They have Phillip Lindsay and et cetera, more, so on and so forth. Tons of speed, you know. So we have to lock down Drew Locke and eliminate the big plays. Um, and then lastly, don't let history repeat itself. And what I mean by that is we tend to always play down to our yep. division rivals' uh, levels with the Chargers going into overtime. With the Raiders, we won't speak too much more on that game. <laughs> I'm not too happy about that. So, uh, And so we don't want to let that happen again. Yep. So those would be my three points. Cool. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. There you go. Uh, I was going to say, I, I agree with you because actually the one thing that I think teams do – Mahomes a favor is when they blitz him because he sure. absolutely tears the blitz apart and where he's had issues going back to new England, even from two years ago in the MVP yeah. season is when they drop eight. Mm-hmm. That's when he has problems. He's always looking deep and then he checks down and then the timing is all off on everything. Uh, so he's up scrambling when they're in man and do that, but um, it's actually guys dropping. So if they want to bring the house on him, like, good luck. <laughs> like they're just going to run a bunch of man beaters and crossers and Travis Kelsey's little,
0: dream shake that he does across yeah. the middle like you're just gonna yeah. see it all day long so i have no problem if they try to blitz him like it just makes the decision decisions Bring to it on, easier baby. yeah uh so let's get your offensive and defensive players to watch for this and then we'll move on to score predictions and wrap up here Who are you uh, liking in this game okay so we saw demarcus robinson go off they leaned on clyde mm-hmm. edwards
1: ylair so just you know i think it's going to be a tyree kill game uh, he's always made some big plays against Denver, particularly mm-hmm. in Denver. We saw it last time mm-hmm. when Matt Moore threw the little uh, leak route to yep. him on the backside. I'll never forget that play because it also a picture of me, like, <laughs> hands <laughs> right The yeah. ball's in the air. He was running right know, at me exactly. on the sideline. And I was like he's this because
0: as soon as he threw it, I was like, oh, he's open. Yeah. Like, he's was easy. that his rookie year he went off for, like, three touchdowns too in yeah. Denver? Like, where he had a special teams touchdown? Yes, that was the peace sign where yeah. him and DeAnthony yeah. Thomas, like,
1: high five. Yeah. I think. Yes. I think that was
0: that game. Deuces and the
2: high-five, five. Oh yeah good, good
1: um but i'm gonna go with tyree because we haven't seen that like okay. 175 yard performance from him sure. and if vic fangio and them are gonna blitz and they're gonna have guys in man somebody's gonna get loose mm-hmm. and uh you put less guys in the backfield you can't tackle them anyway so i'm gonna go with tyree having a big game offensively okay, okay. We're defense. Defense. yeah frank clark because last time we played in denver we had nine sacks yeah. we just have we Lost have line. their number up front uh you know getting pressure we did it to Drew Locke last year in the snow game, and I want to say we blitzed him like 60% of his dropbacks. I'm sure that's stat somewhere. I remember tweeting it last year, is that when you face a young quarterback, is going to play with your head. He did to Josh Allen. Yeah. Early in that game, he was blitzing like crazy, and then all of a sudden he was faking it and dropping, and Allen had... Didn't know what to do. Um, so I'm excited to see how Spags goes up against Locke for the next time. Is he bring a lot? Does he go early and then back off? How does he do that? And if Drew Locke s- spends a little bit too much time looking at a receiver, I see Honey Badger making a big play. He's a young quarterback. Sure. He's going to lock in on somebody, and Badger is going to be waiting for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that defensive line, they did well against the Bills, but Josh Allen is just so yeah. slippery. Like, there's yeah. so many sacks they left on the table. I'm sure they're going to be hungry for more.
2: Sidebar, real quick. Andy Reid, please no quarterback sneaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to man. That. <laughs> Dr. Paul
0: Schreppel, yes, he,
1: the hero that nobody knew his name, and you should know his name. Yes. Dr. Paul Schreppel from name. KU <laughs> Health System. He's the one who fixed Patrick's knee in less than 60 seconds and the reason we
0: won a Super Bowl. There you we go. Um, well, yeah, let's move into yep. score predictions. Uh, yep. Lucas, you're at plus uh, 104 overall with mm-hmm. plus 19 last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm uh, plus one twenty one overall. I'm very good at this, folks. Uh, plus thirty two <laughs> last week with a forty one to thirty four prediction. Uh, we didn't know it was going to rain, so give me some slack here. And then our guests are plus ninety three overall, just mm-hmm. kicking our tails mm-hmm. uh, with a forty to twenty four. Jared was plus twenty one last week, but uh, yeah, what do you think? I'll, I'll explain our scoring system to you. It's just, <laughs> just based pick on the score and You the guys numbers. tell me. I it, we'll it do
1: that. I want to say thirty. 32 to, I want to say 20.
0: 32-20, go Chiefs. Okay. Good guys. 35-17, Chiefs. I'm going go to go 33-13, to Chiefs victory as well. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how we do. I don't, I don't know. They uh, had a surprising victory against the Patriots last week when the Patriots are supposed to be, like, man-made to beat the Chiefs. Um, yep. So, yeah, we'll see how they do. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think – think will come out pretty endly. Uh Well, that does it for week seven of Talking Chop. Uh, whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple, make sure to subscribe and follow us al- along all season long. Um, we're going to have some of Kansas City's top execs and personalities uh, just like BJ on the rest of the season as well. BJ, thank you so much for being with us. It was a uh, Guys, BJ, I, yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. appreciate This is actually kind of like a dream come true. I'm fanboying a little bit. <laughs> <on my> <laughs> <weekend>. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> guys. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, but uh, we'll catch you all next week and as always, Go First Chiefs.
2: Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs>